0: We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for July twentieth, two thousand and fifteen. Today, I have a rather large study. Um, actually, it's probably only about uh, probably about a third of what I wanted to cover. But um, current events coming in so quick, the the current event news breaking so fast. At this point, it's just impossible to keep up with uh, everything that's developing. So I'm trying to hit the high points and then cover the uh, other uh, current events in the newsletters. So pay, pay attention to those as well if, if you're using this as one of your primary sources of news because um, <clears throat> there's things in the newsletters that I can't get to in the audio studies unless I was doing something like every day. And uh, so <clears throat> just to start out with some Bible verses today, uh, Psalm... 26 verse 2 which says examine me O lord and prove me try my reins in my heart so this is a prayer of david to god and so this is a godly thing to ask god to examine you to prove you that means he's going to test you and to try my reins in my heart to to see what what is in your heart essentially because, remember, the heart can be. It's not always. I mean, it's not... You can't say the heart is constantly deceitful, above all things and desperately wicked, who can know it. For a born-again Christian, hopefully it's not that way. But if you have people walking around and, and saying, well, I trust my heart, go with your heart, and all this other secular, New Age garbage. Um, you know, the Bible says he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. So... <clears throat> the biggest one of the biggest problems Christians have to deal with me included is thinking that well I'm doing pretty good you know I'm I'm pretty right with with the lord but when you ask god to examine you and to prove you and to try the reins of your heart you try try my reins of my heart well then that's god doing it and it, you may get a totally different answer from god than you're thinking in your own mind, and I mean me included. I'm not saying that in some type of sanctimonious holier-than-thou way, at all. I say this as much to myself as I would anyone else. Um, <clears throat> then, if we go to First Corinthians eleven twenty-seven through thirty-two, it says, "Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and this is talking about the Lord's Supper, uh, one of the kind of the ordinances after you're you're saved." Uh, The Lord's Supper, therefore whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Meaning you're you're partaking of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. You haven't confessed your sins, you haven't repented, you haven't examined yourself prior to taking the Lord's Supper. That is a big time no-no in the next verse, but let a man examine himself, meaning, especially prior to the Lord's Supper, I mean, really every day, but let let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup after he's examined himself, confessed his sins, repented, you know, those types of things. Um, acknowledged them, you know. Next verse, for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself not discerning the Lord's body. Now that word damnation when you go to the King James you, you look at the underlying Greek it's translated 13 times most like uh, the most common translation is judgment okay seven times it's translated damnation. five times it's translated condemnation. this I, I don't believe this means you're gonna go to hell okay? this is more of like a judgment and a condemnation the reason i say i don't believe it's going to hell is because if we look at the next verse 1 corinthians 11:30 says because you've done this essentially it says for this cause because you've you've eaten eateth and drinketh unworthily you've 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 not examined yourself you're you're eating in particular the lord's supper unworthily it says for this cause many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep sleep is is um death okay didn't say they went to hell it didn't say they were all damned to hell as soon as they partook of the lord's supper unworthily but they're weak and sick why because they're under judgment they're under god's condemnation so who knows how many christians particularly in the modern lukewarm church where they still you know let's say they they still uh administer the lord's supper I know it was very common in the Baptist churches, um, somewhat in Pentecostal. I don't even count the Catholic stuff because that's that's transubstantiation, believing that they're turning the literal wine in, in in Catholic communion host into the literal. I don't mean figurative, literal body and blood of Jesus Christ. It's it's pure paganism. Okay, so I'm not even counting that. <laughs> that's just a flat out bringing a curse on you adopting demons every time you do it essentially but for this cause many are weak and sickly among you so people i believe there's a lot of christians out there that have chronic health conditions that this right here could be the sole cause you you, you're under god's chastisement as we're going to see you you have partaken of the lord's supper unworthily and again if god examines you he can uh, that's why the Bible, why I, I end a lot of the prayers saying, "Cleanse me of presumptuous sins," you know, oh Lord, and in secret faults that they would not have dominion. Well, presumptuous sins are sins. I presume aren't sins, but they are sins. I'm presuming that. I am assuming it's not a sin, but in God's eyes, it is a sin. God's ways are not our ways. His ways are perfect. You know, um, so, you know something that we wouldn't even consider might be, you know, a sin and a really big deal in God's eyes. So that's why it's important to always go back to the Word of God to um, get your definition for what God deems as sin. You know, viewing the Bible in, in, in totality. So who knows how many people, and for these types of people, it doesn't matter what, like if I were to put them on a nutrient protocol or I were to prescribe a certain thing, it doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter a bit. Because it's like you're trying to fight God in that particular case. So, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Many have died because of this, and this was probably when, I mean, obviously written in a time, I mean, when this was written, back, you know, after you know, Jesus was crucified and then, and then you know, certain ones of the apostles penned the New Testament of the Bible, well, I would venture to say that the church was probably in a lot better shape back then, overall, than it is now, particularly if you look at America. And just using that as one example. So if there were many weak and sickly among you and then many died because of that back then, when the church was probably put the, the church would put us to shame overall. Well, how many now? And the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Iniquity is sin. So then you're not going to get your prayers heard either. So there's just a lot of things we can do to get our prayers hindered, to, to become sick, weak, die. It's a big deal what i'm talking about it's not it's not a trivial trivial issue i literally wasn't even going to talk about this but I, I um you know i i i was listening to a sermon driving last night and the guy the preacher was talking about um this thing that just happened with the um it was a cd a listener giving me and he was talking about this whole gay ruling that just came down and he says it was like, do you remember when? Do you remember when Roe versus Wade was announced? Do you remember when they took prayer out of schools? He says, and then now the next remember, or one of the, along those lines, do you remember when they legalized gay marriage? It's going to be one of those things. And how it just took the wind out of him and his, you know, his knees almost buckled when he heard the announcement. And he laid the blame primarily squarely at, at the feet of the church because primarily if you go to the spear tip the pastors haven't done their jobs they have capitulated they have bowed to the world they've yoked up with the government through their 501c3 although even though this was from a 501c3 church i can expound on it a little bit more um the cemeteries have ruined these men for the most part or, or at least they played a big part in it They've told them that the King James Bible isn't the Word of God, that that it doesn't matter what translation you use. You know, the Bible says the Word of the Lord, uh, thy Word was settled in heaven. You know, well, if it's settled in heaven, whatever Bible you're reading needs to be as close to what's settled in heaven as possible. And it's not 150 translations. And every subsequent translation tends to get further and further away from the Word of God. And they're from corrupt underlying Greek, Hebrew, and, you know, anyway these new translations so that's another huge issue but he laid that he laid the blame at the feet of the churches um the pastors them bringing in the world and I, and then, then i would again add to that the 501c3 status yoking up with the government the 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 clergy response team now we're going to talk about that later how the churches are just totally i mean they're using facial recognition in a lot of the churches now and giving that giving that information to the DHS, to Department of Homeland Security. I'm not lying. They're really doing this stuff. Can you imagine? And they think they're doing God's service because of Romans 13. It doesn't matter how wicked and evil the government is. We don't we don't ever go against the government because the government says, you know, because Romans 13 in their in their twisted view says submit to the to the higher powers and they're they're well only only if they are godly only if they're telling you to do something that's not contrary to the word of god that's the only time that would apply hitler used that those verses um as the main thing to preach on that he was telling the preachers to preach to their congregation in order for them to go along with the nazi regime and ultimately what the nazi regime did with the holocaust Because the state was doing it, well, it must be of God. No, that couldn't be further from the truth. You look at what the state is doing and see, or the government, and see if it's lining up with the word of God. And here we have legions and legions. Dare I say 99 plus percent of all churches now yoked up with the government. So that they can get government subsidies, so the government will leave them alone. Of course, that's, that's going to be coming less and less. So that the parishioners can write it off on their taxes. So they have that nice corporate status where the pastor is the CEO and the board of directors are the deacons, which is how things are designated according to IRS guidelines. Yeah. So I would I would add that in heavily as, as a gigantic, huge thing that happened to the church that where this spirit of, of compromise really started to come in. Getting away from the King James Bible, using the false versions, and then later... I don't know, 40s and 50s, where they started yoking up with the IRS and the government through this 501c3 status. And then all other manner of evil has entered. The church is asleep. And... um, They're not... They're leaving so much out regarding the Word of God. And again, a lot of times you can hear a, a teaching, even on the radio, and say, yeah, that was solid. So so much of the time it's not what the pastor's saying it's what they're not saying it's what they never say it's what they're not telling you i'm yoked up with the clergy response team they're not telling their parishioners that they they probably have to sign all type of of papers where they're they're not allowed to disclose that they're they're going to be selling out their congregations in mass those churches are going to be used as mass vaccination points they're going to be used as come in when, when martial law hits as pickup points for the government to take their parishioners away. I've gone into this over and over in times past. They're going to be the very instrument of destruction of their own parishioners. They're going to be the main instrument not only were they were they kind of brainwashed and, and, and rocked to sleep and, and deluded in those churches. They're going to be the very pickup points where the government comes to get them after they're mass vaccinated and then taken off to the camps. It's going to get that bad. So for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves we would not be judged. See, if the church was judging itself, and I'm not coming down on my listeners, I'm coming down on the lukewarm 501c3 or any lukewarm church out there. They're not judging themselves. Okay, when you don't judge yourself, then you're going to be judged. And most likely, that's great white throne judgment because I don't believe the lukewarm Christians are even saved. They've been fed some lukewarm false gospel there's been no change at all. There's no chastening of God in their life. Of whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if ye be without chastisement, meaning punishment when you do wrong in God's eyes, then ye are bastards. A bastard is an illegitimate son or daughter, essentially. So there's no chastisement on these churches. Well, they're, they're prospering. They're waxing fat, as the Bible says about these, these preachers that come in and Catch men like birds, catch their souls essentially. But it says, "Yea, they're they, they're waxing fat. They overpass the deeds of the wicked. Fat meaning not fat physically, but fat. Of course, it can be that too. But fat like they're prosperous. They're 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 rewarded for their wickedness. That's like the norm now, just about. They're not judging themselves and the." And the preachers aren't telling their congregants to judge themselves. To examine themselves. To ask God to examine. Ask God to examine you. And to prove you. And to try your reins in your heart. You, you, you might not like what happens. But it will work out far better for you when you get to heaven. And you will be thanking um, yourself, when you get to heaven, that you did it. I'm not saying you're going to thank yourself, but you, you know what I mean. You're going to be very happy when you get to heaven that you asked God to do that and meant it. You know? And again, I'm not saying this because I think I'm perfect. I need to do this as much as anyone else. And it's really something you, you need to do on a daily basis. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. The Bible says, or Jesus said, judge righteous judgment. Well, no, he said, judge not lest ye be judged. Yeah. Look at the context of where he said that parable. It was when you have a beam in your own eye and you're judging the speck in your brother's. Yeah, if you judge in that particular instance, you're a hypocrite. It's hypocritical judgment. But then he says, remove the beam in your own eye so that you can judge properly. Not that you go around and nitpick everybody and whatever, but it's because the church hasn't judged evil. Hasn't judged all of the wickedness seeping in. Hasn't judged their own congregations like the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians 5 to turn such an one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the soul may be saved in the day of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 5. Read that chapter. Have you ever heard that chapter preached in a church Ever? I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's been preached in some good churches, but I'm saying I've never actually heard it preached. Well, what was that about? Well, when, in this particular specific instance, when, it, when a man had taken his father's wife to Mary, and I don't think it was his mom, I think it was his stepmom. I hope. The Bible says, they're turned such a one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh." That the soul may be saved in the day of the Lord, and that, and that to purge out the old leaven. Because that one person would defile the whole congregation if they let him stay in the congregation. Now, think about that now. You've got people doing all manner of wickedness in most churches, coming in, and it's one big cesspool of sin. It's yoked up with the government through its 501c3 standard. They're, they're reading false Bible versions. They brought in all these worldly programs. A lot of churches have lesbians for, for, for pastors or women for pastors. It's not biblical. The pastor or the bishop or the elder or the deacon is to be the husband of one wife. Not the wife of one husband. And you could say I'm chauvinistic. I'm telling you what the Bible says. Because the church is so strayed from what the Word of God says is the reason for the shape that it's in. And it's the reason it's not salt and light anymore. And it's the re- and so what's happened? They've, they've, they've left the battlefield, they've left the Christian battlefield to fight against wickedness, to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and to have no fellowship with them. They've, they've stopped warning their congregation about, you know, my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They've stopped warning their, cho- their, their congregations about, um, uh, What was the other verse I was thinking of? Um, To to not be ignorant of Satan's devices. Why? Lest he get an advantage of us. They're ignorant of Satan's devices. So they're they're not doing any of these things anymore. They effectively left the battlefield. It's a bunch of like gelded eunuchs, essentially, that can't fight. So what, what does that create? It creates a vacuum in the church. It creates a vacuum on the battlefield. When a vacuum exists in nature, something always comes in to occupy it, right? Well, what's come in to occupy it? Wickedness, evil. What the preacher had said is that the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender community, because we haven't stepped up to the... Pl- we Listen, we have m- much greater numbers to battle this wickedness. And we have prayer... And we have the Lord Jesus Christ. But it shows how sorry the church is that we haven't been able to stop any of this wickedness. And now it's like everywhere I look, it's just wickedness coming in at a at a rate I can't, it's like you're drowning in it, in the news. Well, the church left the battlefield for the most part. I'm not saying there's not any people. I'm not condemning all, I'm not condemning the true remnant. The true remnants pretty much come out of the 501c3 church because they figured this out. Or they are coming out. It created a vacuum and that vacuum was replaced by wickedness. Gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender movement is one of the most wicked movements, period. Always has been in every society where it ever reared its ugly head and got to any type of real numbers, God destroyed them. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what's coming on America. Some type of unbelievable judgment, most likely, because the church has ab- abdicated its rightful position as salt and light to expose darkness, to reprove the un- for, for works of to to you know not be ignorant of Satan's devices to push back against that wickedness. And you could even just, you know, even with prayer, they've created this vacuum that now wickedness has come in at a break. He, he said, he was saying that, you know, the, uh, the gays, lesbians, bisexual, transgender are much more serious, by and large, about accomplishing their goal, which is absolutely 100% Satan's goal. It is absolutely near and dear to his wicked heart. Look at how Satan's portrayed in, like, the Goat of Mendez. He's got breasts. He's like this androgynous creature, goathead creature. Well, then you 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 have you know the transgender. It, it, it's like you know caitlin Jenner. Just re- rewarded by ESPN and their nice Courage of the Year award. Got it over some, um, she, or he beat out Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn, now he calls himself. Bruce beat out some war veteran that had both his arms and legs blown off in the voting or something. Yeah, that's how he got the award. Now, gr- granted, the, the numbers may have been trump trumped up, but Yeah. So we honor wickedness, we glory in our shame, and the church, by and large, is silent. By and large. I'm not saying all, but you know, even if they are screaming at the rooftops, if they're they're yoked up with the government, they're in the enemy's camp. Their prayers are going to be hindered. Well, we didn't know about it. Well, you're being destroyed for lack of knowledge then. Well, our heart was never in it. We, we would never do this or that. Well, you know, you should have thought about that. You have no idea what happens to your church on a spiritual level when you when you yoke up with the government in that 501c3 status. I haven't heard a lot of preachers actually address that aspect. It's hard to know exactly what's happening. But think about it. Something really, really bad has got to be happening there. Anything with two heads is a monster. Government? IRS and Christ as my heads. Well who always gets the preeminence government and IRS because according to Romans 13, they're always a you know we, we can't resist the higher powers. they're always a force source for good. Okay, yeah, that's what Hitler used. That was the same tactic he used. No, the word of God. That's, that's what you go by. Whether and if that means you die, well then you die. Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I mean, like the co- the information we're covering today, absolutely, totally insane. And like the first part, we're talking about Iran and then we're going to get into Islam. And it's like you've got Rick Warren, you know, literally being the one that spearheaded the whole Krizlam movement. Yoking up Islam and Christianity together into some pagan devil mixture, admixture. And you know what? When they get to a high enough numbers, they'll come in and they'll cut off your heads and they'll butcher you and you'll, they'll slit your throats and they'll rape your daughters and your women. And I'm not talking to my listeners. I'm talking to those churches that are embracing Islam or the ones that are silent about this stuff. And they won't think two things about it. They'll think they're serving Allah And they think, well, that's just more, all that more reward for me in paradise. They would never, are they not doing it to the Christians in Assyria right now? And Iran and all of these other places? So if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Because that's not going on in the churches by and large the pastors aren't judging themselves primarily the hierarchy the head is sick the whole body's going to be sick you can't have a a pastor that's up there who's apostate who isn't judging himself who has i mean it's pretty bad if, if pastor's not doing it and there's no chastening on his life at all Oof, has he been turned over to a reprobate mind i don't know i mean i don't see any chastening Has his conscience been seared with a hot iron because he's just been doing it so long and God, the Bible says the spirit of of God doesn't always strive with man forever? He's not going to strive with man forever. I mean, it's not like he's just going to give you unlimited numbers of chances, in other words. That's just common sense. Has the spirit of the Lord left the church in America, the corporate 501c3 church? Is it Ichabod over the door? I don't know, that's, that's that's between them and God. That's for God to judge. But it sure kind of seems that way because I'm looking at fruit here. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. So then the next verse, but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. So that's how you know you're being judged of God. You're chastened of God. I went through about one year where I thought, well, for the first three months, I thought I was gonna die Every day, and it was God's chastening. Oh, I knew it was. I was in agony. I was seeing patients at the time. I was in absolute, total, utter agony for a good three months. I lost like forty pounds. I couldn't eat. I was throwing up all the time. Couldn't sleep i deserved every bit of it in fact i deserve worse i probably deserve death and hell and i I've, I've told that story before i know what god's chastening feels like and it can be and it doesn't mean like that you you commit some sin and that's going to be like that mine had been like years in the making and then i finally like got my eyes open and and it was like okay now it's your time to experience it's time for you to reap what you've sowed cuz you reap what you sow I don't care if you're a christian or not you still reap what you sow you know i mean if you're a mass murderer and you get saved and you're on death row it doesn't mean that you you deserve a free pass i'm not saying that person didn't get saved and couldn't and didn't go to heaven but you're still going to reap what you sow you're still going to go to death row you're still going to be put to death I'm just saying, you still reap what you sow. So, when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. So, hopefully, you being chastened by God is as close to hell as you're ever going to get. That's awesome. Because I don't want to get close to hell. You know? <laughs> I don't wanna I don't wanna have that experience at all. I am deathly afraid of that. And that's called the fear of God. So when we're chasing the Lord, we're that's done so that we're not to be condemned with the world. We learn our lesson. Pain can be an incredibly strong motivator incredibly strong i was in so much agony during particularly during the first three months that i was begging god to make it worse that if it would just get over with quicker i told him to double it i, I said make it worse because i can't take what i'm getting right now make it worse so that i can get through this quicker because i was a basket case i couldn't even hardly function I meant it too. And I I believe I did get through it quicker because I asked that. So, anyway, I just wanted to kind of go over that because you know, that these this type of stuff is is really the most important as as our relationship with the Lord. And again, I said as much as myself as I would anyone else. You know, We want to make sure, if God examines us, that we're doing what we're doing, whatever ministry God has us in. And that might be a housewife raising their children, which is totally biblical, okay? It might be whatever you're doing at your work in order to be a provider for your family, I'm not condemning anyone or saying that I'm better than anyone because we're all the body of Christ and can the, like the finger say to the eye to part of me I have no need of you. No, we're a body. We need each other. So as long as you're being faithful to whatever God's called you to do, then that's that's your that's at bare minimum your reasonable service and you'll bear fruit like that. You'll bear good fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100fold. So that's. But but the biggest thing we battle is self. That four letter word, self. And when God examines you, ask Him to show you if I'm living my life for self. Because that's the biggest obstacle for almost any of us to overcome. Are we truly serving God? Okay, in a ministry where we're... I think Howard Pittman has one of the best testimonies on that. Are we truly serving God to, like, please God and not to be seen of men and and, and, and not to have any type of, 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 of self-centered motivation or thinking maybe possibly we're earning our way to heaven, which is what most religions, pseudo-Christian religions, are based on, if you think about it, works-based like Catholicism being a great example. Well, I'm earning my way to heaven. I'm keeping the seven sacraments. I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm praying to Mary, I'm praying to Peter, you know, not Jesus though. I can't get to Jesus unless I go through Mary. It's all works based. And so that is the biggest thing that we're 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 serving God because we want to please God, because we love the Lord, because we love Jesus Christ, and not because we're trying, not because we're doing it for self. And these are just things you can you can kind of orient your prayers to. You know? And I'm as guilty as anyone of, of, of falling into that pattern. You know? So I don't want to, like, again, I don't want to act like I'm so up here, Mr. Sanctimonious, high and muddy, all pious and full of myself. Because I'm telling you, when I get convicted about things, that's when a lot of times I'll, I'll say stuff in my studies. Because it's like, I got convicted about it first, and then it's like, okay, well, how many other people probably need to hear this? You know? Because I love them enough to tell them the truth. So let's go for for okay. So let's actually start on the study. Sorry, I, I really um, that was a lot. Um, this is a long study. It's twenty six pages. It's absolutely mind blowing. The information I'm gonna be covering. Um, and I don't know. Let's. I guess let's just get started because I I, I was so. I, I'm so flabbergasted, I guess, every time I do a study anymore, every time I start mod- editing this information, I have to end up covering the information like three four times between first seeing, this, seeing the report, putting it in there, editing it, then maybe watching a video that goes along with it. So I'm like immersed in this stuff all day long, and it's just, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around this stuff anymore. It's like Satan has been enthroned openly in the world and there's just things coming down from the satanic throne and i'm not saying god doesn't rule over satan or he couldn't stomp him out in in a heartbeat okay i'm not saying that i'm not saying god's not in control but it's it's almost as though god's permitting because you know the world's asked for it he's giving the world what by and large it wants and that's wickedness It's like these decrees are coming down from the the satanic throne up from the satanic throne of hell and being implemented now on almost a daily basis. First report, America takes Iran's side. Most sanctions to be lifted, Iran permitted to continue aspects of nuclear program and missile development. Iran and the world powers on Tuesday announced that they had sealed a final nuclear deal with Tehran that will lift most economic sanctions on the country now, Iran, just think Satan, okay? Pure wickedness and evil. I'm not saying every person there is wicked. I'm saying, by and large, the government as a whole, pure wickedness and evil. Totally radical Islamic, death to America, death to Israel. That is their motto. That is their theme. That is what they chant in the streets, what they were chaining in the street as this was announced or or while they were deliberating about this even though we gave them like everything we could have possibly given them that they would have wanted it's, it's never enough for Satan it doesn't matter the only thing they would ever be satisfied with is all our heads on sticks and that they would defile us and our females to the fullest possible extent and torture and kill us in the most horrific manner you could ever imagine when every one of us were gone and dead yes i guess then islam would finally be appeased and they'd finally be satisfied and then satan would kill them if that were allowed to happen but it's not going to be allowed to happen from a biblical standpoint So they're going to uh, lift most economic sanctions on the country and permit it to continue many of its most controversial aspects of its nuclear program as well as its missile development. (laughs) According to initial texts of the agreement and statements by diplomats, the agreement which was finalized in Vienna would lift international sanctions on Iran and permit it to continue key elements of its nuclear work as well as research and development. Iran will be permitted to continue spinning centrifuges, which will be used to enrich uranium, uh, the key component in uh, nuclear weapons. And Western powers will also work with Iran to help it install and operate more advanced centrifuges so that they can turn out even higher grade, most likely uranium, and more radioactive uranium for more nuclear warheads. Well, Satan's got to depopulate the planet to 500 million some way, right? According to Georgia Guidestones. This concession, um, as well as a range of others made by the United States, has rattled analysts and lawmakers who have maintained that Iran should not be permitted to retain the core aspects of its nuclear program. Sanctions also will be lifted on Iran, including those on the country's banks and financial sectors, which have long supported Iran's nuclear program. So they're going to lift everything. As well as its sponsorship of international terrorist groups. Uh, let me let me rephrase that or go back so that's in one coherent sense. Sanctions will also be lifted on Iran, including those on the country's banks and financial sectors. So that's not going to be hindered. Which have long supported Iran's nuclear program as well as its sponsorship of international terrorist groups. So now the international terrorist groups are going to have more unfettered access to more funds so that they can kill more Christians and more Jews. Again, thank you Obama and your Illuminati handlers and all the people that have orchestrated this. Hell is going to be such a fun place for you. You're going to really enjoy hell. Obviously, I'm extremely as sarcastic as I can possibly be. But These are nothing more, as far as I'm concerned, than vessels of Satan. They're just containers where devils or fallen angels reside in them and they're just on absolute satanic autopilot. That's all they are, as far as I'm concerned. They've proven themselves to be that. The fruit that they've produced has more than amply convinced me that that's what they are. In one of the most controversial concessions made by the Obama administration, a United Nations embargo on arms will also be lifted within about five, around five years as part of the deal, according to multiple reports. A similar embargo on construction of ballistic missiles which could carry a nuclear payload, will also expire in about eight years under the deal. Initial readings of the deal also indicate that Iran will be given the right to veto so-called anytime, anywhere inspections of Iranian nuclear sites. This concession has caused concern that Tehran will be able to continue hiding its nuclear work and potentially continue in secret along the path to a bomb. So instead of us being able to go in there anytime, anywhere we want and inspect them to see if they're abiding by this abomination of an agreement, no, they don't have to do that. They can veto that anytime, anywhere, and they can take whatever they're doing, move it, hide it, do whatever they want, and then they say, okay, now you can come in and inspect things. Because, you know, Satan would never deceive us. He would never try to trick us in any way, shape, or form. this is just total pure insanity iran will also be permitted for a time to keep its military sites off limits to inspectors well sure why not who have have long been unable to confirm the past dimensions and scope of iran's nuclear work new resolutions by the u.n security council will solidify most key aspects of the deal So the U.N. is totally on board with this. There was just another report that just came out on Drudge. Yeah, U.N. backs Iran deal. Infuriating lawmakers from both parties. Oh, yeah, whatever. Democrat, Republican, two sides of the same wicked coin. They've done, I mean, the Republicans that have supposedly all been put into office. You know, we rule the House, the Republicans rule House and Senate. But they're more lockstep with Obama than ever. He's gotten through everything he's wanted and there hasn't been it's gotten worse since the republicans got into all the it's just it's so overtly in your face satanically evil they're not even trying to hide it anymore but yeah the united nations is absolutely on board so Moving forward to the next, I mean, these are like rapid fire kind of bullet points, things I'm going to be, some of them are. Um, Obama warns hands-off nuclear deal. I will veto any legislation, this is what Obama said, I will veto any legislation that prevents the successful implementation of this deal. Obama said Tuesday, this is not the time for politics or posturing. What is it time for? What kind of time is it? Satan, Obama. Isn't this politics? Isn't what they just did the essence of politics? It's not the time for politics or posturing. Tough talk from Washington does not solve problems. Oh boy. I love it when Satan gives me a morality lesson. That's why I love hearing Obama speak because he's always speaking down to people. Typically when it comes to anything like any kind of righteousness that he's just overruled. He's always talking down. Like he's some, like he's some moral authority. This sodomite devil. Cross-dressing devil from when he was when he was a teenager. I've even seen the pictures. They're disgusting. Has a room named after him in a bathhouse in Chicago. He was so notorious. Married to a man who is a transgender. Michael well-known in gay communities, cost Joan, um, who was it, Joan Collins, or cost her life after she came out and said everybody in Hollywood knows that Michelle's a trainee, transgender. She was dead like a month later from a routine surgical procedure. She never woke up or whatever. She was dead. I knew that was coming. I'm like, oh, Joan, you're dead. It's not like I was a fan either. She was dead real quick. So I love it when the most reprobate slimebag devil goes up there and gives everyone a morality lesson. Like he's some moral agent of righteousness and he knows best. Then it goes on to say it would take two-thirds of both the House and the Senate to override such a veto. They're not gonna they're they're gonna they're gonna put on their little theater and oh we're really mad, the UN's in agreement, all this stuff you've given Iran, then and then it's just gonna be the next thing, the next thing they're gonna implement, and then that'll be forgotten, or that'll be on the back burner, and nothing's gonna change. Obamacare's not gonna get repealed. This stuff is just coming down, unless it's stopped at the very beginning. It's not going to get repealed unless God mightily intervenes, unless the church repents and rises up. Unless they seek God's face and humbles themselves and and they turn from their wicked ways, as the Bible says. But it's not going to happen from a biblical standpoint. You look at Revelation chapter 3, the Laodicean church, which is basically the the time, time frame we're living in. They're lukewarm. They're neither hot nor cold. God's going to spew them out of his mouth. They're blind, they're naked, they're wretched, they can't see but yet they think they're in need of nothing. That's the church today, by and large. I'm not talking about the faithful remnant. I'm not condemning my listeners. I'm just saying, by and large, that's what we're dealing with. So while I would love to say that things are going to change and move in the opposite direction, I don't see it happening, and I don't see really Bible for it either. But it doesn't mean we're not supposed to try to expose evil to fight evil to try to um live a righteous life to righteously try to help other people to try to help the innocent you know to try to help the widows and the orphans and and, in in each other in the body of christ and good godly ministries and, and and to do good things and to do good works through the lord and not to be seen of men doesn't mean we're not supposed to do that or give up. But it is maddening to see this type of information increasingly coming at us. Next report Deal leaves behind three Americans cruelly imprisoned in Iran. The wife of the Iranian American pastor, Saeed Abedini, who has been held in an Iranian prison since 2012, said that no deal should have been signed, meaning this Iranian nuclear deal no deal should have been signed until iran agreed to release the american citizens being held in iran there was no there was no agreement about that you got our citizens you obamas you keep them especially if they're a christian we don't want them anyway you torture them you do whatever you see fit. whatever allah sees fit that's what obama said If hell is having to live through the eyes of all of the people you've done evil to, I can't imagine what Obama is in for. That is a sobering thought. Far from the pronouncement by the U.S. President Barack Obama that insisting on the Americans' release would have weakened the hand of the U he he said that if we if we insist on their release it's going to weaken our hand we gave them everything they wanted and more but it would have weakened they they wouldn't have agreed to it would have weakened us we wouldn't have got this wonderful deal from the Iranians if we would have demanded the release release of the three Americans that are there well there's probably a lot more we don't know about what a lie from the pit of hell, this forked-tongued devil. Yes, yeah, so he insisted on the Americans. He said that the Americans' release would have weakened the hand of the U.S. negotiations. Making a deal contingent on their release could have easily been incorporated into any agreement, though. It's true. Could have easily been. Three Americans who are being held on dubious and falsified charges and who are suffering severe health issues could certainly have been released in a magnanimous humanitarian gesture by the Islamic Republic. Pastor Abedini was arrested in Iran for setting up an orphanage for children. A Christian pastor who set up an orphanage in Iran. He was one of them. Although he is now an American citizen, he traveled frequently to his native country to visit family and help the country's citizens. He was being a Christian. He was fulfilling the calling God had on his life. He was charged with undermining state security and received an eight-year prison term. Yeah, he was a pastor slash underminer of state security. His family reports he has been severely beaten and now suffers from life-threatening injuries for which he is not receiving adequate medical treatment. Thank you, Obama, and all the minions that worked with you in order to get this wonderful Iranian nuclear deal. Let Christians pray that these three be released in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, His angelic host, and through the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, if necessary. I mean, this is just absolute insanity. the The prejudice against Christians, and any other type—I mean, any other type of wicked behavior—is absolutely, totally gloried in, and rewarded, and protected. So, then the next report out of Jerusalem. Netanyahu says that this is a historic mistake for the world. Israeli leaders across the political spectrum condemned in stark apocalyptic language the Iranian nuclear pact announced by the United States and the world powers Tuesday, calling it a historic mistake that frees Iran to sponsor global terrorism while assembling the expertise to build a nuclear bomb. Absolutely! And you can say whatever you want about, about Israel. Oh, they're the wicked, evil Zion. And listen, I'm not saying at the top they're not Illuminati. I'm not saying at the top they're not wicked. I'm not saying that, that um, you know, they're perfect and they're puritanical. I'm, I'm not going to go to the other extreme like Hagee does that says they don't even need to be saved because they're Jewish. And it's called ethnic salvation just because the blood that runs through their veins they are all saved and we all need to worship them. I'm going to have biblical balance. I did a whole teaching It's called the, the, the Biblical Reasons for Israel's Affliction or something like that. Just key in affliction, you'll find it. So I've covered both sides of that. I try to have biblical balance when it comes to that. But what he's saying is true. It frees Iran to sponsor global terrorism. It, it We freed all the economic sanctions while assembling the expertise to build a nuclear bomb. Now, I know I've said in the past that they probably have the bomb. They may. But see... If they were to, to launch something now, now it would be, <coughs> excuse me, now it would be legitimized. Now it would be like, oh, well, yeah, we did this and they were kind of underhanded and they, those, those naughty little, little suckers did this and we shouldn't, we didn't know they were going to do it though. They got, they got one over on us. They launched a whole bunch of ICBMs, nuclear ICBMs and oh, we didn't see that coming. See, now it would be totally legitimized. So, Iran is going to receive a sure path to nuclear weapons. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said, many of the restrictions that were supposed to prevent it from getting there will be lifted, absolutely. With the removal of economic sanctions, Netanyahu warned Iran will get a jackpot, a cash bonanza of hundreds of billions of dollars, as if they don't already have enough in like oil money. Which we fund that because, you know, primary supplier of oil, from, you know, from the Middle East, all by design to keep us dependent on their evil oil. And I mean that because they're Islamic. We're supporting that system that wants our absolute total annihilation and destruction. When we've got more oil than we could even consume... Up in places like Alaska and other places that they don't, that they will not drill, or that they have drilled, found it, and they pump it back in the ground. Lindsey Williams wrote a whole book on it. Up there in Prudhoe Bay, we've got more oil than them, but see, we have to create dependency on that system. We have to create crisis and dependency. We we could we could run uh, engines off water. But see those guys that invent those engines—they all either get bought off or killed. One was just killed recently. Another one. Can't have that. We got to be—we've got to create total dependency on everything for energy, for for oil, for what we, how we get around in our cars. Everything—it's all by design, to keep us dependent upon this satanic system. So Iran will get a jackpot, a cash bonanza of hundreds of billions of dollars which will enable it to continue to pursue its aggression and terror. Absolutely. Netanyahu's hardline coalition partner, Education Minister Naftali Bennett, added that today a terrorist nuclear superpower is born. It will go down as one of the darkest days in world history. I, I will go further and I will say that this is most likely going to be the linchpin for World War III. I mean, that was the first thing I thought of when I heard this deal went down. And then I saw what... all these concessions that were made. It's World War III. They're just... they're doing every... they're putting everything in place to make sure World War III happens. And that the bad guys are in as good a position as possible to win it. Next report, Israel not bound and will defend itself. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu stepped up his criticism Wednesday of the U.S.-led nuclear deal with Iran, warning that Israel has a great and mighty strength to defend itself. Netanyahu's war of words came as his political rival Isaac Herzog announced he would go to the U.S. to lobby for a compensation package to ensure Israel's military advantage in the region. We're probably going to be very shortly on the cusp, the way Obama is going, of totally turning our back on Israel. 100%. We've already legalized gay marriage. Okay, We're, we're enacting more and more wicked things, almost, our government is, by the day. I mean, we've already got over, whatever, 60 million aborted babies from the abortion mills alone, not including all of the aborted babies from the morning after pill and the pill and the patch and IUDs because the pill and the patch and those types of hormonal uh, contraceptions are abortifactive, can be abortifactive in nature. There's billions of babies that are dead, okay, as a result of all that. All that innocent blood's crying out from the land. And so, yeah, we're going to be judged in America really probably unlike anything we can even imagine. I'm not saying God can't protect his remnant. I'm not telling you to move out of the United States. I mean, there's been a lot of calls for that. And it's like, do you realize what that entails for most people? The monetary cost. It costs a lot of money to relocate. A lot of times these countries charge you quite a bit to do it. And then you're going to be someplace where you may be hated, despised. You're an American. You might not be able to speak the language. I don't think we should be motivated out of fear. The fear of man bringeth a snare. Unless God's calling you to do that, I'm not going to tell you to do it. All these reports that come out, You've got to leave now. Oh yeah, I'll just pack my bag and go to wherever. No, I'm not going to tell people to do that. God's calling you to do it, great. But I'm not going to go into panic mode and and, and try to put the fear of man in everybody and say, you've got to leave now. Yeah, I got an extra 250 grand laying around to relocate me and my family. And in some places, I won't even get the job done for all the money they charge you. But yeah, I do believe that judgment is coming. Um, and when, I don't know if the final linchpin, because we got gay marriage, funding Planned Parenthood, we're the number one producer of pornography in the world, in America. I guess the Vegas area now is more. Um, I, yeah, I'm sure I could go on and on and on about all the wicked and evil that's emanating from america we've also done a ton of good regarding missionaries that have been sent in in, in christian aid and things of that nature and I, I think god has um had a lot of mercy on us and he's pushed back things for a long time because of the prayers of the saints and and and, and because of these other things i've mentioned uh, it must be a very frustrating thing for the lord to look down on you know, and, and to try to deal with, I would think. <laughs> anyway. Um, goes on uh, to say that addressing parliament, Netanyahu reiterated that Israel was not bound by the deal and said Israel would continue to post up. But what I was going to say is most likely because we haven't been judged right now okay it's not like since the gay ruling there's been like you know america's split in half and we've had this and that happen the final linchpin may be this when we turn our back on israel when obama because obama obama hates israel anyway and if he could get that legislation through where you know the, the vaticans already yoked up with with palestine and already has, has, have acknowledged a Palestinian state they're already totally in Palestine's in then in Islam's camp okay I've, I put out several links on that as of late in my newsletters Obama wants that really bad anyway so if that officially happens oh man I, I don't see anything else holding God's judgment back it would probably be like the final straw that broke the camel's back. Now we might be judged terrifically tomorrow. I don't know, but I'm talking. I'm just kind of thinking out loud, possible scenarios, a type of thing. Okay, I have to end this part here because I'm over time. So um, God bless you, and we will see you in part two.